Hello, world. Welcome to another episode uh, of the Social Justice Podcast. Uh, today, we have two people, two of my friends, I should say, and a family member here on the podcast. Um, we have a few other people that will be joining, hopefully, as well shortly. But we wanted to get started and uh, start off on the conversation here. Um, first, I have Sarah, who is my friend and cousin. Um, Sarah, how are you doing tonight? I'm fantastic. Good, good. And I have my friend Katie. Katie, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Can't complain. Good. Well, a little nervous, but, uh, <laughs> but at least you're honest. Yeah, yeah. The, I've been watching the election polls all night. So. All right, so um, is my brother. Oh, is he watching it too? Yeah, he watches it on his phone though. Yeah, I'm watching on the TV and it's like cringeworthy. I have to keep changing it so I don't get too uh, into it, but we'll see. Um, so basically tonight we just want to do a podcast to talk about a few things. Election night, big night. Um, I'm not a very political person when it comes to knowing everything, but I know my opinion, which I feel like is important, and I know my stances on things, so um did both of you vote today first question yeah i voted after work okay how long was the line would you there say? was no line <clears throat> i we got oh, it good. yeah we got in um like right away the people um working the polls said it was really busy um early in the morning people vote, try to vote before work so that's when it really was busy and did you go with it with your family or just you? Or I went with my family. Like That's all what we four always of you? do. Yeah. All right. Good. So all four of you voted with all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know your family's you know divided on yeah. who they're voting for. Yeah. Um, do you feel like that like affects you guys at all? And like, because I know you all live together, is there a lot of debate, or are you guys kind of like, okay, you have your opinion, I have mine. We're not going to discuss it. I mean, I'm kind of apolitical, so I try to, I mean, I just try to stay out of any debates that kind of come up. Um, And I know my brother David is the same as you well know. Um, And my dad, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, uh, my dad (laughs) is very vocal about his opinions. Um, and he can do that. That's fine. <laughs> Everybody has their opinions and they can voice them. Um, I don't have the same opinions as him. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it's the world. Everybody can say what they want and he can say what he wants, but I'm just not going to say the same thing. Right. Yeah, we're on territory and opinion. Um, I voted during my lunch today, and there was no line. Um, I was actually shocked because <clears throat> um, I went at like uh, what time was it? I guess twelve forty, and I was in and out in like seven minutes. That's great. Um, so I was very happy. Um, I felt I like I was back in high school. Yeah, it was weird. Well, where, <laughs> Take where's your Scantron? Uh, the Upper Moreland Intermediate School. 
Okay, mine was at the Happy Wars Jumping Festival. Okay. Um, so I rivals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like a scantron. I was like, am I taking the SAT? Well, yeah, I guess. Wait, did you go to that? You didn't go to the intermediate school, did you? No, I went when it was Real Meadow, and now it's the upland intermediate and primary schools. So it was converted to make it bigger because Real Meadow and Cold Spring um, merged together. Oh, that's right. And you were, we, we were like the last graduating class. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Um, but yeah, so I had one guy um, ask me about my polling or ask me how I'm going to be voting today in the polls. And he explained to me, you know, his side Republican and another lady explained to me Democratic. And I listened to both of them. And some people just walked by and were like kind of rude. And I just felt like, you know, I let them talk for a couple of minutes. I'm not going to let them go over that. I go make my vote. They weren't trying to sway me, right? you know, presidential wise, but they were trying to sway me as far as like state representative and which that stuff's important. Like you got to vote local. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> thing on there, but um, I, I was very shocked. It was weird doing it through um, like a paper ballot. Yeah, it was really weird. So I was very shocked. I, I didn't know what to expect. I know people told me um, how it was going to go, but I, I didn't know what to expect. So yeah, I mean, it was the same for the primary, but it was still really weird. Yeah, see, I couldn't vote in the primary because I'm registered as independent. Oh, okay. So they wouldn't let me, so that, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, because they don't let you if... Uh, I guess if you're, I don't know, it's kind of weird to me. I guess if you're independent, you can't vote in the primary because you have to be either Democratic or Republican. I guess that makes sense. Hello? I don't know. I don't really understand that much. But I'm Katie, welcome I back I literally again. could hear you guys this um, entire conversation, but I couldn't, you couldn't hear me. Oh, okay. Well, now that you're here, um, back to the qu- I know you texted me, but um, did you vote no, today? I, well, I voted, but I didn't vote today. I voted through the mail. Okay, so you voted yeah. a while ago. Okay, and is your family, would you say they're divided together, together on their views? Okay, so that's good. So that makes it a little yeah. easier for you. So you don't have to have any debates in the house. Right, like exactly. Um, was it weird to you voting um, by mail? I'd say it was a little strange. You, I mean, have you voted in person? Yeah, other I vote every year. So it was like strange for me to do it through the mail. However, it was like super convenient because I didn't have to go anywhere. I could do it. In my, and plus, like with everything going on, like, um, you know, with the riots and all the vandalism, I just felt more safe doing it at home as opposed to going somewhere public. So I thought it was good for me. Well, especially because you're pregnant, yeah, exactly. Too, so I'm sure you don't want to take any extra risk right. to have to go any anywhere else. That, that right. You don't I will to. say though, like it oh, was yeah. weird with um with doing it like at home because I'm used to going to like the library or something. But I don't know. I heard like I was told 
within four years, the next election, I can vote through the mail again because I have all my information saved. So that's kind of cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. I I had to vote in person. I just didn't feel. Yeah. That makes know. sense. That just how I my feel. brother personally dropped off his own ballot. My little brother. In the bot, yeah. Of the drop so off. that way he knew it got there, but and it did take forever for us to get our mail ballots like mailed to us. And I don't know if you guys heard, but I think I think this is a guy from New Jersey, but I could be wrong. I can't remember exactly where he lived, but he was like a mailman, and he took ballots and um, threw them away for like a certain amount of money. He ended up getting caught, and then he went to jail. And, like, he's in jail now. He's in jail for the next 20 years. That's crazy. I heard about somebody burning them in, like, California. Really? Yeah, I think it was L.A. I could be wrong, though. Like, I don't understand why he thought that was okay. And I just feel bad for his family. Like, if he had kids or, you know, I don't know his whole situation. But I can't imagine, like, going to jail for something so silly yeah people are crazy um, those are the good things we want to hear well maybe. <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> well everything seems pretty unreliable right now because they haven't counted a lot of the mail-in ballots so it's really hard to tell it's gonna yeah. be a long week yeah it is and and you voted yes, today voted right today. how was your how was your wait I in line? I didn't have a wait at all. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So me, you, and Actually, like, all the same. I find it so crazy because every single time that I voted in any election, even when I lived in West Virginia, I've never waited in a line for more than maybe five minutes. Oh, wow. I've always been yeah, like same straight here. through. So. Yeah, same. Yeah, my, I've never waited either. I mean, I guess the cities are the places where people wait the most, but I had coworkers <laughs> in one this morning. They, one coworker waited two hours. Ew. I was totally prepared to wait all day. Like, I kind of wanted to wait all day because I was like, yes, activism. I'm totally here for it. <laughs> Doing my part as a citizen. Um, but nope, I was in and out pretty quick and got my sticker and moved along. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot better that way. I don't, I just don't feel like waiting in line with other people because the way this world is COVID. right now with, mm-hmm. you know, everything. It's just not crazy um and i know well actually i don't know um do you live by yourself or do you live with family friends family right now so typically i live with my cousin but um because of covid and her having younger kids um she had requested that like i either stay put or like go somewhere else you know if i wanted to see like my sister and my parents all them so i'm currently still working from home so i'm staying at my parents house in upstate pennsylvania um i have to return to work as of right now january 2nd ish except i think that's a sunday so probably january 3rd um so that's my tentative return date but yeah it's feeling like that might get pushed back though with the way that the virus is going yeah, it's getting worse. And is your family like divided, or is it pretty? <laughs> other than well, you know your, your crazy <laughs> uncle. Yeah, um, I had to delete him on Facebook today. Um, <laughs> I say 
the you can see a very clear line, like a very bold line drawn between the older generation of our family and the younger generation of our family. For the most yeah. part, the older generation, I mean, they're pretty stuck in their old beliefs. Um, so, like, social justice issues in general. What's this? Yeah, they listen to conspiracy theories. Um, but for, like, I mean, the most part, they're pretty stuck in their old beliefs of, like, racism will always exist, things like that. Ridiculous. Um, and then you have the younger generation of our family that's like, no, we're not going to stand for this. Right. So. Which is like crazy because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I agree racism will always exist only because there's too many ignorant and stubborn people. Like, I just feel like there's so many people that blindly follow what their, you know, um, Mm-hmm. other family members say instead of mm-hmm. having their own thoughts whereas like i think everyone on this right now the four of us that we're all talking i feel like all of our parents kind of raised us to think of our, have our own mind and i think we all kind of do so i mean that's a good thing but um, i i always say i always say that like i know this sounds horrible but like once the boomer generation dies off like our country might actually be in a more like progressive mindset to be more inclusive with everyone and not like exclusive amongst like white people live here and this is who they socialize with and this is where the black community lives and this is who they socialize with like I think that that will be less of an issue I mean not to say that racism will completely go away when the boomer generation dies off but I do think um, I do think that it'll be a lot better than where we're at right now, which it's shocking that in 2020, we're still here. Seriously. Still having this conversation. I've heard about that a lot. And I yeah, agree. I... Mm-hmm. It's just their generation. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a point. Because people still don't understand the difference. Like, they don't understand the difference. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I find yeah. funny about, um, like, the boomer generation, and I, like, I looked a lot into generational differences in the workplace and just in life in general during my grad school program. But what I find funny is that when I was learning about the boomer generation, if you look at the things they've gone through in life, what they had, um, what they had at their fingertips when they were growing up, how they were able to buy houses by the age of 19, all that kind of stuff. Like they are the one generation that lived the American dream like they have had the American Mm -hmm. dream they're the only generation that has had the ability to have life liberty the pursuit of happiness and live the American dream and they seem to be the one generation that has a chip on their shoulder like they've had to work continuously harder than everyone else I know it's ironic yeah it's extremely baffling it really is yeah, all the future generations just have to look forward to death and uh, <laughs> for sure struggling. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, luckily I don't deal with that because <clears throat> I never went to school. But like, I feel bad for like all my friends that I yeah. see that went to school for their education. Yeah, and, me too. I say you know, that. I say to my my parents all the time are always like, "Why don't you buy a house? Why don't you buy a house?" And I'm like. Well, because my student loans alone are as expensive as a house would be. So it's not something I can consider right now. And I think that, like, 
if we don't do something to address the student debt crisis in this nation, like our economy is going to crash eventually because when people are only paying their student loans and their day-to-day bills, they're not going to be spending on consumer goods, which means that our economy in general is just going to crash. It's just not going to flourish. Right. Well, that's why they need to come up with a better solution. Mm -hmm. Like, why is school so expensive? Mm -hmm. For the love of God, you need community college. I I read something that basically said that since the 1990s, college tuition costs have increased over 250%. Ridiculous. And obviously we know that incomes have not increased at that that much of an increase. Yeah. So yeah, and they're all yeah. not even in school. Like most colleges are virtual, and, and or they're paying school. the same prices. Coming from someone who, like, I used to work at a college. I worked in admissions for four years. A lot of the tuition prices, first of all, most students don't even pay the uh, ticket price. Like what the price tag says, most students don't pay that. I worked at a school in West Virginia. It was the um, most expensive private institution in the state. And I think when I left working there, there was about, it was about 41000 per year. Our discount price was so low. Students were paying about $11,000 out of pocket per year. That was the average of what they were oh, paying God. per year out of pocket. Wow. And so when I was getting, when I had left the industry, they were in the process of talking about either freezing tuition costs at like the price that they were currently at or resetting them. But the problem with resetting tuition prices would be that um, you would then have a lot of people questioning whether or not the education was um, still a good education because now you've dropped your price, your price tag so much lower. Is it still the same quality? They're going to have to figure something out because it's a big issue and it's just getting harder and harder for lower income families to have the opportunity to send their kids to um, college. So, I mean, it's definitely going to have to be an issue that's addressed. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, my issue is that I think everything is like, I didn't want to go to college because I didn't like school and I didn't want to spend that money. So, you know, now I do insurance, which is fine. I go get my license, you know, insurance license, real estate license, whatever avenue I want to do. At least I have my license to fall back on. That's great. But, you know, a lot of places now want a college degree. And, you know, I don't feel like going back to what 20 mm-hmm. years old and having to have this debt. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a shame that a lot of people don't want to do school because they don't want to have to pay for it. Um, but houses, cars, everything has inflated so much. I don't know how they expect people, like, okay, yeah, you can lease now and, you know, you can get great interest rate on certain things, especially housing right now. But I mean, like I was looking at a brand new Jeep, like $65,000. Like it's just the amount of cost for everything is insane. And I don't know about anybody else, if anyone else has a new car or not, but they don't last. Yeah, I leased my vehicle. And before I leased it, my dad was like, do yes, not don't. lease a vehicle because it's not really yours, blah, blah, blah. And it's I'm like, cheaper. leasing is the smartest way to buy a car 
at a cheaper price because you figure you lease it for three years. When you lease it, they give you the residual value. So, you know, if you decide to buy the car out, you know what you're going to pay at the end of your lease to buy the car. And I'm like, it just makes sense because if you have, let's say you lease a $25,000 car and your monthly lease payment is $250. And then let's say at the end, your residual value is $13,000. When you go to, if you decide to purchase that car, you'd probably still be around the same $250 a month payment. Right. And you're, you're with a car you like. Right. And that's what I like about it. If I don't like this car after three years, I get a new car. I trade it up. I don't have to try to sell my other car, you know. Exactly. Oh, Biden just got another state. Yeah. I don't know. I also think it's a better way to, like, get a reliable car because for most of your lease, you're covered by a warranty anyway. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was going to lease my car. I wish it My lease specifically but doesn't I cover tires, yeah, and different. I've had multiple tire issues this summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Story of my life. Exactly. Of course, the one thing it doesn't cover is that. <laughs> but that was my fault. I Story kept running over potholes and curbs. It's totally my fault. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hate potholes. Potholes are ridiculous, though. Yeah, one oh, of the PA, questions one of the questions Literally. on my ballot in Philadelphia today was um if I wanted to approve a like one hundred and fifty million dollar budget to go towards like re like fixing the roads and all that kind of stuff. And I was oh like, God. Oh, yes. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> we clearly <laughs> do that. Absolutely. Like really badly. Yeah. Um <clears throat> All right, so well, I'm glad we got off on that little tangent because that stuff's kind of important. Um, because I feel like everyone can agree in our age bracket that cost of living is way too high, <laughs> and wages don't um, increase with it. So that's that. Um, <coughs> on here. So I wanted to ask everyone that was on here: How many of you actually watched the, the last debate? I did. Yeah. I know you did, Sarah. Not really, but I kind of have heard about it. Uh, like, not the most I recent. I, after the first debate, I was just like so disgusted. I did not really want to watch said the that, next one. They said that um, ratings went down. Like it That's was valid. The first debate, like 70%, like they had a seven, 70% um, rating, and then they said it dropped a lot. Oh, yeah. I don't, like, I can uh, see why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I couldn't. I mean, I watched the whole thing, but I was doing other things while watching it because I just like, at all. Um, you think, um, Jackie? Since you watched the whole thing pretty much, did um, do you think Biden won the <laughs> so, debate? I have a, I have a hard time. Candidate. I don't, I don't think that I overwhelmingly loved Biden's performance in the debate. I think that. I agree. I'm trying to think. I know that the reporters were saying that they thought that that was his strongest debate, but I I disagree with that. Um, I don't think I think he danced around questions more than he answered questions um, yep. in the previous debate as much as he tried to answer because Donald Trump was talking over him, of course. 
I think that the last one, a lot of people were like, oh, Donald Trump won, Donald Trump won. I don't think he won either. Like, I think that Donald Trump in the last election did a better job at, like, not being crazy. Like, he definitely toned down his, like, crazy um, interjection and, like, temper tantrum attitude that he had in the first election. I mean, in the first debate. But if you can tell, like, he from the questions that were being answered, he wasn't answering any questions. Like he just continued to deflect questions and problems back to Joe Biden and place blame. And instead of like placing blame, it would have probably been better for him to take ownership, even if it wasn't necessarily his problem, but take ownership and say, you know, I'm the president, like this is how I'm going to handle the issue. I think that both candidates didn't really leave us feeling like anything was going to change. Right. That's a lot. That's why a lot of people are like like, in the middle. They don't Mm -hmm. know who to vote for. But I honestly wish we could have a do-over. I think they both like I like Biden (laughs) more than Trump. But the fact that like both of them can run right now and there's different uh, conspiracies and different. I know they're all not true, but there's different things that each president supposedly did to their family members. Like I feel like you shouldn't be able to run when you have all this other stuff in the background that you're uncertain of. I mean, the fact that Donald Trump can even run for another term after everything that came to light last three years, I think. You know what's shocking the most? Like, like, I I think the most shocking part of Donald Trump in comparison to the GOP is, is like, if you think back to the 2016 election, first of all, they always say that, like, you remember where you were and what you were doing when something like big happened in your life like they say if you ask all of the older generations where they were during oj's bronco chase they can tell you exactly what they were doing just like we can tell you exactly what we were yes. doing when the trade t- uh, the world trade centers fell on 9-11 i remember exactly where i was and what i was doing when i had the <clears throat> notification on my phone that donald trump was running for president and i laughed i thought it was a joke like i really did not think <laughs> that it was real life and i remember calling my dad and i was like this is funny. And my dad laughed about it and my dad voted for him. And what, what I think is crazy, what I think is, oh crazy is that throughout the entire 2016 election process, the primaries and the actual general election is that like the GOP members didn't want to claim Donald Trump as being one of them. Like they were like, Oh, he's running as a Republican, but he doesn't really represent us. And as you've seen over the past four years of him being in the white house, the, re- the, re- the GOP has become, um, for lack of a better words, I think they're pretty spineless. I-, I think that they have a hard time speaking out against him because they know that his rural America following is so strong that if anyone speaks out against him, then they're not going to vote back in that incumbent Republican. And I'm like, how did we get here? Like... And I was reading um, a couple articles today, and I think it's important to note that, like, it's hard to really gauge where the country is going to go, no matter who's in office, because the parties are completely different than they were four years ago. Like, the Democratic Party is way more progressive than it has ever been. And the um, GOP is, I mean, they're just something else at this point. (laughs) Uh, It's just... I think they're they're too. Uh, they're both no too far into their. Like, 
Our founding One's fathers part... didn't want there to be yeah. a two-party system. I mean, as we can see, it's, it's clearly failing the American people. It doesn't represent what we want. I mean, I would consider myself now, I'm a registered Democrat, but I don't consider myself to be a Democrat because I... I mean, I find the Democratic Party to be just as corrupt as the G- as the Republican Party, um, but mm-hmm. I picked that party so that I could vote in the primaries. Um, but I just think that for people like me, I I just don't even know where I fall. Like, I feel like I don't fit into a Republican box and I don't fit into a Democratic box. And so every election for me, I'm picking like, oh, well, I guess I'll settle for this one at this point. Now, I don't want to say picking the lesser of two evils because I don't think that Joe Biden is evil in comparison to the things that Donald Trump has done, the things that Donald Trump has said. But, I mean, I'm definitely not overwhelmed right. with joy that he's the candidate. There are many other people that I, I would have liked to have seen on the ticket. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Patriot Act on um, Netflix with but he no. talked about a ranking. No, I haven't seen that. It's really good. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, that's it. on my list, um, though. He, he has an episode where he talks about a ranking election system, which I think the country would very much benefit from. And the way that it would work is that essentially you would be voting for, instead of during the general, the primary process, you eliminate candidates Um in order to put a person on the Democratic ticket and then a person on the Republican ticket, on election day, you rank your choices. So, like, say there's five candidates, you would rank, oh, I like this person best, I'm going to put them at the top, and then go from there. So then it eliminates the whole voting for the lesser of two evils. And the first candidate to get to 50% would be your president. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like that a lot better because I saying today that I wish we had a like a vetting process where like two years before the election they start vetting people to be the next president and they have to go through a series of like questions and different things that like I don't even know I guess they have to answer certain questions and say what their objectives are what their morals are but I just wish we didn't even have two party system I wish we voted like today I voted for two Republicans and the rest Democrats. And I wish that like more people would vote on the person, not the party. Like I did my research on the people to see what views match with mine. And that's how I voted. I didn't just vote just because mm-hmm. the other one I get now I, I yeah. get everyone I has the right to vote <clears throat> and like everyone should utilize the right to vote, but it's extremely infuriating when you go into um, your polling place on an election day or even just like a primary, like even if it's just the primaries and you're just voting for someone because you've been influenced to vote that way. I find it so infuriating when people don't make educated votes. That's how I was when I first started voting. Like when I, when I was of age, like I, registered as Republican mm-hmm. because that's what my parents are <laughs> and I'm like I guess so and they're like yeah why don't you vote for this person because that's what we're doing and it's just like okay I guess so and I was like I guess that's what I'm doing it was just tough because I didn't know what I was mm-hmm. doing I still don't 
I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, I know I'm not going to say names, but I know one or two people in my family that are not registered to vote, and they are now going to be voting come the next uh, term because they realized how wow. important it was, and like they didn't really pay attention before. And it's like, I feel like this election right. is really going to open people's eyes that don't vote, that are going to realize you have to vote locally and you have to I vote so. president, like it mm-hmm. changes. It's really important. So it's funny that I heard you know, one or two people say that. Um, but I am independent and I've been registered independent since I was 18. And um, I just never changed it because I just, I can't vote for a party. After this election, I might just Democrat, just so I have one on the ticket, uh, like when I go. But um, I just, I my parents are both Democrat, and then now my dad's a Republican, and absolutely, I noticed that. Um, (laughs) I've seen a couple of those. (laughs) I think everyone's not not quite as good as my uncle, though. So. Oh no, he's not. He he can admit Trump is an asshole, and he can admit that Trump doesn't do everything right. Yeah, he really despises he Biden. Biden. I think that, like, <laughs> honestly, I don't know why anyone's friends with me at this point in my life. But because I went to school in West Virginia, like, I feel like growing up in New Jersey and then going to school in West Virginia, it was such a culture shock to me. It was such a culture shock to me how, like. Oh, I bet. So many people in the state were still racist. Like, when I say racist, like, I mean blatantly racist. My roommate, we were leaving Buffalo Wild Wings one night, and they literally were, like, calling him the N-word. Oh, my and God. And was just walking by him. And I was like, we don't – I was oh like, this is God. what we're not going to do, people. Like, we're not right. going to do this. We're going to be better than this. Um, yeah. Well, let oh. me educate you. It's so infuriating. In West Virginia, it is still legal for – the LGBTQ community be fired from their positions or not oh. be hired because they're gay. That's in horrible. West Virginia, no. it's also still legal for you to be for a husband to beat their wife <gasps> on the like the steps of the court, like of the Capitol in the city, um, oh, at wow. the courthouse steps on, but only on Sundays. What? And in West Virginia. It is illegal oh, for a that... house to have seven or more women as it's considered a brothel. What? And I feel, so we didn't have sorority houses when I was in college. So we had suites. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember when I was like going through recruitment, I was joining sorority. I was like, why don't we have houses? Like, that's so weird. Are we just like poor? Can we not afford them? What's going on? Right. And then they told me that. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I feel like I was just the entire time that I lived there. And this is honestly why I ended up leaving. I was like, we do not share the same ideologies. Um, I feel like the entire time I lived there, I was just like, what? Like, this can't be real. Under, no, this is insane. In 2020, they're still doing all that. Yeah. So I. Yeah. No offense, but I've heard West Virginia is like. way behind the times like any of those rural states like you got to think and you got to look at the yeah. um, maps of like education like if they're not educated on it they don't know about it right and West Virginia is one of the worst education wise West Virginia specifically hates the ACA 
like the Affordable Care Act, right? West Virginia is um, has the worst opioid epidemic, like the worst opioid crisis issue in the country. 84% of West Virginia's constituent, like West Virginia's population, is covered healthcare-wise by the Affordable Care Act and protected wow. by them. And they're the same people that vote in people for, of the Republican Party that are trying to actively repeal and re... Well, I don't want to say replace because they don't have a plan yet, but they're trying to repeal the ACA. And I'm just like, I have no idea why you guys are like... That's so for the kids, I mean, for the eight years that I lived there, going to school for four years and living there four years post-grad, I was constantly drilling into people's heads like, this is what's going on. This is how this would affect you. Like, get involved right. in your political process. And I know that, like, a lot of my friends at first were probably like, please, Jackie, shut up. Stop talking about this. Because I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. But... <laughs> I feel like now in this election, 2020, a lot of those people that I was like, get involved, pay attention, figure out what's going on. They're the same people that were like, I'm voting this year and I'm voting against like issues that are going to hurt me. Like I'm going to vote in order. Like a lot of my friends who were grew up Repub- in Republican families were like, oh, I've always voted this way because this is what I've been told to vote. They're like, I'm voting for Joe Biden because I can't do this again. Like blah, blah, blah. So I mean, as annoying and exhausting as it is to just constantly harp on people to educate themselves and, like, figure out what's going on and what they value, I mean, it, it pays off, I guess, at some point. I mean, West Virginia still went red, so I don't know that it really worked in my favor, but I don't know that West Virginia will ever not be red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. Certain, certain states like that, I feel like. We'll just stay California or another. There's other states that will always just stay blue. So, yeah, I think, yeah, so I like it definitely depends. But, um, and I just want to say, like, um, usually we do like an hour or an hour and 15. So, I was gonna say, if anyone needs to jump off in the next couple minutes, whatever, just message me, let me know. Um, we get to go. Um, but the next thing I wanted to ask about, um, was how the election or voting for someone affected how COVID affected your decision to vote for someone. Um, and I want to start with uh, Sarah because <clears throat> I don't know if that played a role with you or not, but being that you are a teacher, um, teacher's mm-hmm. assistant, and I, I know you also did daycare <clears throat> and you did camps and you did, you know, multiple different things. So, um, how different do you think it is being in school this year it's, to other years, which I know is It's a very different. I can talk about both camp and school if you want me to. Okay, yeah. How, well, number one, how is it different? And number two, do you think, do you feel safe and do the children, parents, everything like that feel safe in the classroom? And do you think it's a smart move to be? There's a lot of places that aren't um, you know, in school right now and still doing virtual. I feel like we're doing pretty well um, because everyone is being safe, keeping their masks on. I am a teacher's assistant in pre-K three and all of our kids keep their masks on. Um, Some of them have a hard time. Like if it falls off, 
they have a hard time putting it back on, but that's fine. Sometimes we'll help them. Um, we really can't, but we'll put gloves on and help them and we show them what to do. But <clears throat> either way, um, we've had to change how the tables are set up because usually it's kind of like a line of tables of five tables. So we've had to like take it apart and set it in a way that they're separated. So now there's only four to a table. They're not all right next to each other. Um, and they always have their masks on unless it's snack time or lunch time. Um, or sometimes if, um, during, uh, an activity like coloring or something, <clears throat> and then we put a partition up, um, so it's blocked off from across each child and next to the child. <clears throat> like plastic? Or... Yeah, it's like, um, cardboard on the sides and then like a kind of like a plastic thing in the middle so oh, the child oh. can see the person oh, across God. from them um <clears throat> so that's a mask break and um yeah it's just very different um we're doing like a lot of the moving around it's like you get kind of extra tired um, because of the mask, um, especially in the August to early October months, um, when it was hot, uh, because we don't have air conditioning in our school. Um, right. so it was really bad with that. Um, but otherwise I'm used to having the mask on from camp. And it's, it, it feels like it, the mask is on all day anyway. So, um, where it's not that much of a difference for me. Um, but the teacher, like she's talking all day. So she, her lips are getting chapped. She's got to wipe her face all the time. Um, but honestly, it's not terrible. Um, it's just a huge difference. So you, so you feel safe. Yeah, being it's there it. Yeah, we're doing, doing a great job. Um, we've had uh, people from the newspaper come in wow. and wow. write an article about us. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> I I did see that in the newspaper yeah. actually. Um, do you and did that. Did COVID influence your decision to vote whichever way you voted or was you, were you going to vote for that person no matter how COVID was handled? Like, you know? um, I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. All right. Anyway, Can you repeat the question? same question to you, Jackie. Yeah, I'm working from home. My life, I mean, well, actually, you're working part, from home. If so we want to like, talk about my experience working from home, I don't love be working from home, but I'm thankful I have a job. I know a lot of people don't have jobs right now, so I'm thankful for that aspect. Um, COVID in general, I mean, it ruined some plans this year, but I'd rather my family and friends be safe than not. So. I mean, I'm for whatever mm -hmm. science tells us to do. I support the doctors. I don't think that they would be 
locking us up if they didn't think that the threat was imminent. And also, I mean, it's an airborne virus. We got to do what we can to keep everyone healthy. And now staying up at my parents' house, my parents moved to like upstate Pennsylvania, Bradford County. Um, and I feel like I go into sheets all the time. Um, and, and all the doors at sheets say, dude, just wear a mask. And nobody, nobody wears a mask in there. And I'm like, I don't understand you guys. First of all, please explain to me what your issue is with wearing a mask. Like I've gotten into countless Facebook arguments with people that are like, if Joe Biden wins, we'll have a national mask mandate. And I'm like, what is the problem? Like, can you, I, can I just, I just want, I generally want to know where your heads, your head is at that. Like you are that affected by wearing a mask that just can't do it. I, I feel like it's such an easy thing. It's such an easy thing to do. You just want to go it's against such the like game. a tiny thing that people are asking you to do to just try to make things better for people. I mean, I can honestly say that masks do work and everyone's going to sit here and say online like, oh, masks don't work, blah, blah, blah. Like I see a lot of people say that. We had a, co- uh, a positive COVID case in my office a few months back and no one else got sick we? except that individual and she was in the office for a couple of days with COVID. We all wear masks in the office the and nobody mm-hmm. else got sick. So we it has to say something about... Back in January, I mean, um, we had one of the people in our office, she was just coughing and coughing and coughing. It was the end of January and they sent her home. They were like, go home. Get yourself feeling better and then come back. We didn't think anything of it. So maybe two or three days later, she came back in and she was like, oh, they, they told me I had a virus. There's nothing like they can do for it. I just have to let it run its course. And at that point, like I had kind of known about um, the coronavirus because I'm literally on Twitter all day. So I like had known that it was going on. And I walked into my cousin's office and I was like, if she brought the coronavirus in this office, I will be so mad. And the next day, my cousin left. She had a headache. She slept all week. And the day after she had left early, I had gone home. And, like, I was sitting at my desk all day. I was like, oh, my gosh, my head hurts. It was the worst headache I've ever had in my life. And I went home. I slept for 22 straight hours. The only time I woke up was to let my dog out and feed him. But other than that, I just slept the whole time. And then I ended up getting pneumonia. And I said, once we all got sent home from the pandemic, I was like, I would not be surprised with the way that whatever that was spread around our office and how we all had this continuous cough. I would not be surprised if we all had it. And that was before the lockdown. That was before anyone really knew much of anything was going on. And I'm like, could you consider that if for a second we were wearing masks how much that would have stopped every single one of us getting it. If that wasn't. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like what's, what's the biggest risk of not... It's just crazy to me. What's the biggest risk of not, doing, of not wearing one? It's, it's, it's nuts to me. The thing that is most Katie terrifying about it, I, I think, is like we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. So like 
we don't know if, say you get COVID, let's just say you go for a run in a year, you have a hard time breathing. Like, we don't know if that's going to be an effect of it. They're saying now that they speculate um, there could be some cognitive issues in severe cases. And that's just also a big risk that I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to take. <laughs> People just need to be better and do better. When we, when we know better, we should do better. Thank you for listening to Social Justice, the New American Revolution. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the latest episode. And if you want to be heard, email us at the socialjusticepodcast at gmail.com.